Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the way that you love us. Um, so tonight we're going to be kind of all over the place, but if you have a copy of Scripture with you, you can go ahead and uh, open it to uh, Ephesians. And so we're a couple of the bulk of our texts we're going to be talking about will be in Ephesians, but like I said, we're going to be kind of all over the place. I'm going to be hitting some, some points, and we'll back that up with Scripture. Uh, so it's been over three years, which is crazy to me. Uh, it's been over three years since I left the fire department. And which is, does not seem like it's that long, but also at the same time, it feels like it's been a lifetime ago. And, and so it's kind of this weird place. But as many firemen as there are, you always seem to, or I always seem to run into some that I know. And it's crazy how much things have changed over three years because I see guys out and it's like half the crew I don't even know, which is nuts. But I always run into these guys. And at some point in time in the conversation, uh, the question always comes up every time. It never fails. I know it's coming. Uh, and I've actually really thought about the, the question because every time I walk away from the conversation, I'm like, there it is again every time. And the question is this. The question is, do you miss it? Do you miss it? And that's the question every time uh, that I get. And, you know, there are some great things. Look, let me just tell you something. I loved being a fireman. I absolutely positively loved being a fireman. I mean, I, I enjoyed going in, into burning buildings. You know, for some of you, you're like, well, that doesn't sound like a whole lot of fun, but that's pretty fun. You know, getting in a fire truck and barreling down the road with lights and sirens and, and blowing the horn when people are supposed to veer off to the right and they veer off to the left and you just blow, blow on the horn and like really kind of, you know, make them feel goofy about the decision they just made. If that's you, I apologize, but that's what I used to do. I love people to pull off to the left, so I'm like, seriously. Anyway, but there are certain things about the fire service that I absolutely positively love. I, I love the fact that there was a, a brotherhood and it was a it was a very gratifying job. I mean, it was a, a fulfilling job, something that I really enjoyed doing. But, um, you know, that last year I was, I was in the fire department, uh, God just slowly took, took, that's a new word for you, okay, took. Glad my wife isn't here because English teacher would have got me. But God just took this passion and love that I, I one time had for the fire service, and he took it and he placed it and multiplied it by a million uh, in something else. And that's the ministry here. And so I always answer that question. Every time I'm asked, I always ask, answer the question uh, with this. It's like there's, there's, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I am, I am where I'm supposed to be doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so um, do I miss it? No, not really, because God has just given me a sense of peace. Look, this wasn't my choice. It's one of those things, like, it's not my choice. I didn't decide this. God called me to this. And so there's something just uh, within me that I can answer that and say, no, I really, there's nothing that I miss because I know that I'm right where I'm supposed to be, and I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing because this is what God has for me. And so um, I think that that's very, very important. And then on top of that, that God would call me to serve here amongst, uh, you know, I, I have a great group of, of teenagers that I love with all my heart. But also, like, I love you guys. Like, I love this congregation. I love the way, uh, look, this is not the way it is everywhere. Uh, a lot of congregations do not support, like, you've got the youth group, and as long as you just stay out of the way of the rest of the church, we're okay. And that's not how it is here. Like, you guys really support the youth. You understand that this is the next generation. But what I'm going to drop in your lap to this, this morning is that it's not only the next generation, but it's generation now. Like God's doing great things in and through these students now. But you you support these students and so and just yesterday was a prime example of that. You guys packed in Applebee's for that pancake breakfast, and it was just a great time for you to spend time with one another. Uh, you encouraged the students, and it was just a it was just a fantastic time. That's just one illustration. I mean, just time and time again, you continue 
to support the students. And the truth is, like I said when I, when I welcomed you, is um, if you don't have a student in, the, in, the ministry, in student ministry, a lot of the things you don't even, like you don't, you don't know what's going on. So tonight, it's, it's my, like I, what I want to do is spend some time highlighting some of the things and the reason why we're doing them in the youth ministry. Uh, and just talk about some of the things that God's doing in and through the students. And so hopefully uh, you'll be encouraged by what God's doing. And that will just encourage you to continue to, to support in the same way that you, you have. And so tonight is going to be uh, really, I'm going to share with you my heart uh, for the students and for the student ministry here that he's called me to. But really the truth is, is like, don't, so don't check out and say, okay, well, there's nothing. Because honestly, the, the thing is, is what I'm going to share is God's heart for all believers. That, that's what we're going to talk about. What's, what's God's heart for all believers? And here's the thing. I don't expect any less of them because they're teenagers. There's nowhere in the Bible where we pick up and say, oh, well, when you become an adult, then you can start doing page 600 and da-da-da-da-da. You start applying this principle. It's not like that. It's for, for Christians. It's called the Christian life is not, okay, there's one for teenagers, there's one for children, there's one for adults. It doesn't work like that. So what we're talking about is God's heart for all believers. And I have high expectations for them. The same way I have high expectations for my own kids. Like I believe God has high expectations for us. And he wants us to, to be world changers. That's why we showed that video uh, a while ago. That we would be world changers. And here's my, here's my personal opinion. I believe, I believe that the students that are sitting around the congregation right now. I believe that they're a group of world changers. I believe that they're changing lives. Uh, they're changing lives. And the people around them. I believe they're uh, leaving a legacy at their schools. I believe they're doing some fantastic things. And so uh, because they're responding to the word of God, as, as Matt talked about this morning, they're responding in obedience to the word of God. And, and so that's what we're all called to do, regardless of our age, gender, or anything. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're all called to respond. And we shouldn't expect anything less. And so, um, and, and again, our purpose is to, to live for God's Glory, And we saw that perfectly illustrated when Jesus was closing uh, in on his time here on earth. He prayed to God and he says, I've glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you've given me to do. And so that's really, that should be the, the, the cry of every believer, that, that we've spent our life glorifying God and we've accomplished the work that he's given us to do. Individually, specifically, that we've done everything that God has given us to do in our time here on earth. And so that's, that's the heart of every believer. So John Piper says this. He says, God is most glorified in us when we live lives that are fully satisfied in Him. That God is most glorified in us when we live lives that are fully satisfied in Him. And so the reason why we exist is for the glory of God. That's the whole purpose why, why, why we exist is for the glory of God. And so uh, to start out tonight, we'll start with uh, point one. Number one, uh, we live, the, my heart for, for the students is to know God above all things. To know God above all things. And so it starts with uh, a relationship with God. It starts with knowing God. But that's made possible through Christ. Everything starts with Christ. The way in which we're able to, to know God is made possible through Christ. And so we're studying through the book of Ephesians on Wednesday nights uh, over uh, in the youth building. And so I could have picked a million different texts, but I'm just going to read this one text. And so basically in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, look, we all start out the same. Everybody in the room started out the same. Everybody that's ever walked the face of the planet, with the exception of Jesus Christ, we all started the same. Dead. 
okay? With the exception of Adam and Eve, then they got dead, all right? But here, here's, here's where we start. We all start as a level playing field. You're dead, and there's nothing you can do to fix yourself. We are without hope, and, and we are helpless. And so in Ephesians chapter 2, that's basically what Paul's saying. He says, you're dead, and then in verse 4, he says, but God, being rich in his mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so here's this picture that we didn't do anything, that it's by the grace of God that we can have life in Christ and that we can, that we can know him. We were created by him. We were created for him, as uh, Paul talks about in Colossians. That's the whole point. So the, the desire, my heart's desire for the students is this, is that, that we would have, they would have this desire uh, to make knowing and enjoying God the pursuit of, of their life above everything else. The same thing that I would, that I would want for every person is that uh, we would make knowing and enjoying God the pursuit of our life above everything else. In Philippians chapter, uh, Philippians chapter 3, Paul says this in verse 7, reading, he says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and his power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And so here's Paul, and here's, here's what we have to understand. Here's the foundation, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. And so one of the things that, uh, one of the things that I, I hate is to hear somebody say, uh, do as I say, not as I do. I hate it when my dad said that. Do as I say, not as I'm doing. Well, that, like, that doesn't make any sense. You're telling me I need to do something, but you don't do it. Like, how, like, what? It doesn't carry any weight. It doesn't, like, it doesn't mean anything to me. And so one of the things that I've always tried to do, especially in my, my parenting, is I've really tried to, to live out the example and, and to lead my children in the direction that I want them to go. And so I, I, I want to use the same approach in youth ministry and, and when I uh, come into to ministry. And so I'm saying, you know, to know, to know God above all things is top priority that is top priority and so if that's the case then you know what does that what does that mean and so remember when you were remember when you were uh a kid and like somebody would say okay you got one wish what would it be and like at first we would always say uh well i would wish for infinite wishes you know because then you could get like whatever you want nobody else ever did that like i always thought very first wish i'm wishing for like unlimited wishes then i can just do whatever however you know what I'm saying? But just stop and think about that question. If you could have one thing, anything, if you could have one thing tonight, you knew that whatever you asked, whatever you, whatever you desired, 
Whatever you asked of God that you could have. Now stop and think about that. What would that one thing be? What would that one thing be? And I think that's an important question for us leading into this. And I'm just sharing my heart with you because here's the deal. Um, you know, it, there are times in my life where God just just continues to just, I hear the same thing over and over and over again in a lot of different ways in a lot of different places. And one thing he's just been hammering me with is this principle that I'm about to talk about, this truth that I'm about to talk about. Uh, and so, and I say that because I don't want to, again, I, I, wanna, I don't ever want to ask anyone to go where I'm not willing to go. And it's so very important. Uh, on the way back from uh, Passion, we were coming back and uh, I had students in with me and uh, I had a couple of the most comical students up in the front row so that they would keep me from getting tired, and you know what I mean? And it just kept me laughing the whole way. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to call any, any student out, but uh, he made this comment. He said, Mr. Bryant, if I could have one thing, you know what it would be? And he didn't even know. Like, I've been thinking about this. I've been wrestling with this. I've been talking about it, you know. Um, I preached on it one Wednesday night. Then we go to Passion, and there it is again. And I come back, and I turn on, you know, everything, everywhere I go, everything I see, it's like this, this is the one thing. So he's like, Mr. Brian, you know what it would be if I said that? What, what's the one thing that I can have above everything else? And uh, I said, well, what is that? And he said, okay, so I get to heaven. I, like, come into heaven, and I'm like, uh, and I step in, and God looks at me, and he's like, uh, Jacob, if you could have one, oh man, <laughs> sorry Jacob, he said, he said, God said, Jacob, you can have one thing, one thing, what would it be, and Jacob was like, well, first of all, God, I just want to thank you for mentioning my name, and he literally said that, he's like, first of all, I just want to thank you for mentioning my name, and second of all, gold, diamond, plated wings, I want to fly, but I don't want to fly just like fly. I mean, I want to fly with bling. Like, I want, to, I want it to be happening. And so, you know, but here's, here's, here's where I want you to just, let's just stop and think for just a moment. Because in Psalm 27, 4, here's the psalmist. And he's saying, if there's one thing that I could have, if there's one thing that I could have, what would it be? He says, one thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So here's the psalmist. He's saying, God, if I could have anything, if I could have anything, it would be to be in your presence. To be in your presence all the days of my life. And so here's the picture in the Old Testament. The, you know, when we look at this, the house of the Lord, I mean, that was just a, a symbolism of the, the presence of God was there. And so he's saying, he's saying, look, if I could have anything, I mean, I'm talking about, let's just start talking. If I could have anything, if I could, if I could have, uh, you know, before my kids were saved, if I could have my, my kids' salvation, if I could have the greatest ministry, if I could have, if I could lead thousands to Christ, if I could... If I could give my life and I could do all these things, and he's saying, look, look, no, the greatest thing that I can have is you. And I just want to have this time where I just want to gaze upon your beauty. And so it's just been, it's been just wrecking my heart. Like, you know, because there's so many things that I want, like, I, and so many things that I love. And so I, I've been in this place where um, I'm just kind of having to, you know, let's just, let's just imagine a table full of stuff. I was thinking about this the other day when I was praying. I, just a table full of stuff, good things. I mean, things that mean so much to me. I mean, just thinking about my wife, whom I love, and my, and my kids, 
who I love, and you, like the, the people here in this church that I, that I love with all my heart, and the students, and, and start thinking about all these things. And so, and they're good things. And, and all the time that I spend, and all the energy that I spend, and all the prayer that I spend, which are good things, which are good things. But I can just, I was sitting there, and I'm just thinking, I'm just like, God, I just need to, I need to sweep all those things off the table. Just sweep all those, as good as they are, they're good things. But what I want more than anything is I want to sweep all these things off the table and I want to look up across the table to you. And I want to gaze upon your beauty above everything else. You're way more important. I love my wife. You're way more important than my wife. I love you guys. He's way more important than you are. He's, do you understand what I'm saying? Like to gaze upon, for no other reason, not to go to him to pray for anything, not to go to him to pray for anything, just to come before God and say, God, you're awesome. Oh my God, how do you love us the way that you do? Like, you're better than anything this world has to offer. I just want to be with you. Like, I just want to be with you. That's what I want more than anything else, just to be with you. And so that's what we're talking about here, to know God. Like, to just spend time. And so here's what I do. I've had to do this because it's, and this is the beginning. This is what launches us into to being the husband that he's called me to be, to, to being the, the father that he's called me to be, to be the youth pastor that he's called me to be, to, to, do, to be who he's called me to be. This is, the, this is the thing that launches us into that, is just to spend time. So I, I've had to just set an, set an appointment in my calendar. And so at this particular day, every week, it's like me and, me and God, we got a date. And uh, I, I go somewhere, just like Christ would go outside the city that, that, you know, I'm just going to go and spend time with God. And I think because prayer is something that we've always experienced, you know, we've always experienced this New Testament prayer. We've been able to go to God in prayer when the veil was torn. We now have access. We don't need a mediator. We can go to Him. It's like we forget this unbelievable gift that we have. And not just to pray for people, gift. Yes, we should do that. But sometimes we need to just stop and say, God, I just want to gaze upon your beauty. I just want to. I just want to spend time with the one who made it possible for me to know you, the one that is going to allow me to live forever with you in heaven and just spend time with him. And so I say all that to say, this is, this is where we start. And that is so very important in, in moving us forward uh, in our ministry and the things that God uh, calls us to do. Number one, that was to know God above all things. Number two, to grow in our walk with him. Ephesians 1, 6, uh, Matt mentioned this scripture this morning. It says, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And so here's, here's this picture that God starts a work in us, and then he's faithful to complete it. And so, um, you know, what we want to do is we want to cooperate with God in that process. Uh, you know, when it comes to the students, I want to cooperate with God in that process. I want to I help them grow. So I want to do everything that I can uh, to help uh, to help them grow. And so there's a lot of different things that we do. And so let me just, for those of you, some of you may not have any clue about what we do. So Wednesday nights, uh, we're preaching through the book of, uh, we're preaching through the book of Ephesians. And we're not, you know, we're not spending 15 minutes in Ephesians playing a bunch of games and, and uh, going home. That's not what happens. I mean, we're, we're working through the book of Ephesians. It is so good. And I believe that, that the word of God is perfect and complete. And, and it's, it's what's going to bring change in lives. And so uh, we're working through the book of Ephesians. And one of the, another thing that we try to do is we try to encourage the students to be involved in what we're doing. And so students are reading Scripture. Students, students are, 
are praying. Students are being involved in, in helping with worship. And so, uh, again, trying to, to grow them, to teach them, to, to lead them, to be who God created them to be. Because that's the thing. My desire is that, that they would be everything that God created them to be. Today. Today. And I believe he can do that. And so, um, secondly, another thing is, is Sunday school. Uh, the Sunday school curriculum here is, is very, very different from a lot of places. Um, we, uh, the 7th and 8th graders, when they come in, up in the 7th and 8th grade, they really just spend two years uh, of just foundational teaching. They stay with the same teacher. They uh, work through a particular curriculum uh, and just set the foundations of the faith. And then when they hit ninth uh, grade, they then begin this process of going through uh, 10-week classes, kind of like they have nine weeks in school, right? So they have 10-week classes, and they are taught by uh, people. The, the, the teachers are, are phenomenal. The things that the teachers are teaching are things that they're interested in. And so I could have told you a, a list of all the different things, that the different classes that the students will have before they graduate, but we don't... Uh, I know your time is valuable, so we won't do that. But just a few things. Uh, I have a starting point class when the ninth graders come up that's geared towards the students. And so what I'll do is I've kind of uh, changed it and worked it so that it's relevant to right where they are. Um, another thing is uh, there's a creation class that Mr. Kevin teaches that talks about creation. Um, and that, that, you know, because when they start learning uh, in, in school, when they start learning, when they open their biology books, is very, very different from what we believe. It's very, very different from what uh, is truth. And so um, we teach a creation class. Uh, we talk about, there's a, a class that I teach called Big Questions. And, you know, the, the rate at which teenagers leave the church is, in, depending on where you look, it's, it's pretty high. I mean, if you think it's anywhere from uh, around 60 to 70 percent of teenagers who uh, are in church, that grow up in church, when they get out of high school, they will, they will walk away. And at event, they may come back, they may not, but it's, it's ridiculously high. One of the reasons that, uh, that they say that they've done, they've polled some of these teenagers that have walked away from the church, and they're like, well, there's certain things that, uh, that, the, that the church doesn't talk about. It's not, it's not that they didn't agree with the church's stance, it's that the church never talks about these things. You understand what I'm saying? And so this class is, is uh, specifically to address these big questions that, that sometimes the church is quiet about, and I think that's extremely, uh, extremely important. Uh, Luke and uh, Joel Ladner, they, they just taught earlier, or I guess at the beginning of the school year, they, they taught a leadership class to the uh, high school seniors, and they're like, well, here's the deal, guys, let's... Let's talk about it, but let's not just talk about it. Let's do it. And so then they just started looking at all these different ways that the, the seniors could step up and lead. And so they're teaching 7th and 8th grade Sunday school classes. They're leading stuff on Sunday morning. They're over here in adult classes teaching. They're doing all these different things and looking for all these different ways to get plugged in and be active in their faith. Uh, there's another class, class, Defending Your Faith. And we could go on and on and on, but understand that we're trying to equip them and prepare them for what God has in store for them and, and to prepare them as they go out into the world. Um, Sunday nights we have impact. And so typically we're not, you know, we're not here on Sunday nights. Um, but, you know, that's such a, such a special time for me. One of the things that I, as I was, you know, when we started doing impact, I was just like, you know, one of the things that's so great about Victory Weekend, we've got Victory Weekend coming up, and that's a retreat that we do at Easter weekend. It's fantastic. But one of the, the most special times during Victory Weekend is all the small group time. Like the, the kids get to, 
spend so much time with these adult leaders that love them and care for them and like just want to walk. And it's like there's this time where they just, it's just special time. And so I'm like, well, what's the deal? Like, we need to do something. Like, it doesn't just need to be this, this thing that we do once a year where, okay, the kids feel comfortable and they can talk about all the things that are going in their, on in their life. We need to do this all the time. And so on Sunday nights, that's what we do. On Sunday nights, we get together and uh, we, we do have a, uh, you know, we, we do have a discussion and we, we stay together as a group for a little bit and then we break off into Sunday school classes where there's a, there's an adult leader with about, I don't know, four or five students. And every week they meet with the same people. And they're talking about, how's your life going? What's going on? How can I help you? How can I pray for you? Are you reading your Bible? Are you, how's your prayer life? You know, these kind of things. Like, like, and it's really just this beautiful picture of discipleship as we get into small groups and we spend time with them. It's been really, 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 really great. And, and understand that there's no way... Uh, that we could do that if it wasn't for the adult leaders that are so committed to serving the Lord and loving on these teenagers. Just another avenue that, that's been so great uh, in the last year probably is the Children's Village. Um, you know, it's a blessing to be able to go up there, but it's also a blessing to push these students out of their comfort zone when we go up there. And it's so special. Like when those kids aren't there, they're like, they want to know where... They want to know where Carl is. They want to know where Lexi is. They want to, you know what I mean? They're, they want to know where these kids are. Not only that, like they're, the students are the ones that are, that are praying when we gather together for a meal. The students are oftentimes the ones that are sharing their testimony or, or teaching some. And so, it, you know, it's important for them because uh, the teenagers up there, they need to see what it's like to be living their faith out. And so all these different ways, and, and again, we could talk for a while, but uh, again, the desire is uh, to see growth. Growth is so very important. It would be ridiculous if I was um, this tall standing up here at 41 years old. You know, the whole point is, is that uh, at some point in time, we have, to, we have to grow. God wants to grow us. All right. Number three, love for his church. God has a great love for the local body of Christ. He has a great love for the church. Um, and, you know, it's my desire to, to love the things that God loves, to chase after the things that God chased. The, the things that are important to God, I want to be important to, to us. And so uh, in Ephesians, being we're in Ephesians, we'll just stay in Ephesians. In Ephesians 2, verse 18 says, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple into the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And again, here's this picture of God has a great love for the church. He's growing and building his church, and we want to we join him in that process. And so uh, one of the things I think is important is service within the local body is pretty important. Because it's important to God, it should be important to us. And so Christ established the church for God's glory. And so what we should do as believers, what we should desire to see happen is that we invest our gifts that he's given us in this life in the mission called the local church. And so one of, I, I can tell you this. I can tell you that the, the 80-20 rule, right, that 20% of the people do 80% of the work, that's not the case over there. I'm just telling you. Like, you, you, did you see the choir loft tonight? You know what I'm saying? Like, the students are actively engaged in serving in all different kinds of ways. I mean, we can talk about uh, the ones that couldn't be here tonight because they're over serving in Awana. 
And we can talk about, you know, the youth choir is a perfect illustration. Awana, kingdom kids. Every Sunday morning we have students, teenagers over there loving on those kids, spending time with those kids in the nursery. Uh, VBS, you come around here during the week of VBS and you're going to see an army of teenagers that are loving and serving. I just think about uh, the Varnados when they left. So Alex flew off, was it last week or the week before? Week before. He flew off the week before. And I was just thinking, like, you know, Alex would show up every single week, every single week. When Wednesday would roll around, he'd be there early, and he would set up all my stuff. He would run everything up in the sound booth. Um, and so Alex is gone, but yet he's left a legacy because he's brought a couple students with him. And now that he's, yet he's gone, his legacy lives on because now they're following his footsteps. And we've got a, a couple teenagers that are now uh, serving in the capacity that he was. And so just the legacy that we, that we leave and the things that we do. Um, I guess it's been probably uh, I don't know four or five months. We did a uh, we did a spiritual gift assessment on Sunday nights, an impact spiritual gift uh, personality assessment, and we had a lot of fun with that. It was a great time and a great study. Um, but what my point and like there was a goal. Like what I wanted to do is I want us to know like I don't, God doesn't He's not trying to hide what we're gifted, what He's gifted us to do, what He wants us to be doing, and so. Uh, we did that with the intention, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to find out what God's gifted us to do, and then we're going to look for ways in which we can begin to put those things into practice. And so we, I, we developed these, these teams. And so uh, maybe your gift is encouragement. So now we have an encouragement team. And so when I know somebody needs encouragement, I've given a few students a stack of postcards, and I, and I text them to say, hey, such and such needs a postcard. And so, look, I love sending postcards, but I love teaching the teenagers to use their gift to encourage the people around them. And so they're sending out postcards themselves. I got this last Wednesday night. Uh, Dallas comes up to me. He's like, Mr. Brian, you got anybody for me to encourage? I'm like, yes, I actually do. And I hand him a sticky note with somebody's name on it. Like, like just actively looking to, to put the spiritual gift into practice. And so uh, some of the other things that we've done, you know, some, some people just like to work behind the scenes. And so uh, there's a group of teenagers that every Wednesday and Sunday night, they just kind of go around, the, uh, they just kind of go around and straighten things up before they leave. And, you know, y'all all do that on a Sunday night, right? Before you leave, you're like, you're looking around. I had a student ask me Wednesday night, Mr. Brian, where's the vacuum cleaner? It, it really is looking kind of rough in here. We need to vacuum. Yeah, I, I can go get that for you. We, we can handle that. I've never in my life uh, heard an adult say. Now, now, there's been some adults who are like, hey, there's something over here on the ground. We need to do, somebody needs to do something about it. And look, and I'm not saying, look, sometimes the youth building gets run down. I'm like, guys, you need to start taking care of things. But here's my point. Like, there's this ownership. There's this, there's this they're buying into what's going on, okay? And so, uh, first impressions team. Like, some people just have the gift to gab. Like, they love uh, being around people. And so there's a team that their their sole purpose is to make sure that nobody is alone at any point in time. And so when we have visitors, they're gonna they're gonna be the ones that go uh, greet them and welcome them and take them up to the cafe and get them a free this or free that. Uh, they're gonna make sure that absolutely positively nobody is sitting by themselves in the sanctuary um, whenever we have service. And so there's this team. So all these different ways in which uh, just to encourage the students to use the gifts that God's given them to build the kingdom. There's a vision team that's just excited about thinking of up, up ways, being creative about a uh, way to reach the lost and, and do certain things and, and some of the things and some of the, the projects that we're going to be doing, service projects. And look, the students get more excited about going over to Miss Betty Graham's house than they do anything else. They want to go like cut stuff down, work all day. I'm like, y'all want to go play? And like, no, we want to go to Miss Betty's house. You know what I mean? Like that, there's this, this idea that just 
They love people. They love using their gifts. Number four, share the story of Jesus right where I am. And again, this goes back to the fact that it's not, it's not one day. One day when I grow up, I'm going to start living out my faith. One day when I grow up, I'm going to start sharing Jesus. That's not it. You know, middle school and high school presents just this unbelievably unique opportunity. I mean, I don't know that there's ever a time where we're surrounded by more people uh, who are far from God, that are separated from God. I mean, if you think about it, you work with, you work with some people, but not like you, not, you, when you're in the school, I mean, you're surrounded by the students all day long. You're surrounded by all these, these people, and you're, you're on your teams, and you're part of this thing. You know what I mean? Like, you're just, it just creates this unbelievably unique opportunity. And so here's the truth. The truth is, is that God cares about them. God cares about them, and so we, we care about those that are separated from God. We care about those that are far from God because God cares. And so, so here's what God says about us as believers. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, starting in verse 18, he says, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so God clearly cares about people. He's saying, look, you're my ambassadors. You're, you're my representation. You're to take the ministry of reconciliation to to the lost world. And so just a few just a few illustrations. I mean, we could talk forever. I, I started thinking about, um, you know, I was trying to think of recent things. I mean, See You at the Pole rolled around, and, and we had a uh, See You at the Pole rally here the Saturday before uh, See You at the Pole. And uh, Brennan was like, we're not doing See You at the Pole at our school. I'm like, okay, you can. Really? Yeah, really. So what are we going to do? Well, first we're going to pray. And then you're going to go talk to your principal. <laughs> you can do it. And so we prayed. And then she went and talked to her principal. And they're like, they're giving a million different reasons why it'll never happen. A million different reasons. You don't understand. There's a pole over here. There's a pole over there. Nobody can meet around. And my principal, she's going to hate me if I go talk to her. You know what I mean? Like all these different reasons. But she goes. And she goes. And so the principal's like, okay, we can meet in the gym. All right? And you can promote it. And you can do this. And you can do that. And so, I don't know. How many students were there, Brennan? Like a hundred students show up. that Where there was no see you at the poll. And it's one girl and a few other students from this. You know what I mean? Tyler, a little uh, in help with that. Elijah, help with that. It's just a, just a small group of students from this school. And just look what God did as she stepped out in obedience. Um, just here recently. I mean, this was like a week or two ago. Um, Kaylee left Harrison Central this year. She doesn't speak in front of us. As a matter of fact, we went to it. We did a weekend, not this year, but the last year before last. And uh, the guy who was doing the preaching asked her to pray. And uh, she didn't speak in tongues, but if you didn't know any better, as fast as she prayed to get it out and get done and sit down, it sounded like, you know what I mean? Like, so she was like, she does not get up in front of people. So she, but she calls me and she's like, or she talks to me. She says, Mr. Brian, I feel like God's calling me to talk to all the girls in my school. Okay, well, that's kind of unique. That's kind of out of the ordinary. 
because that's not you. And so she goes to her principal and she says, uh, principal, I, like I really, uh, I feel like God's calling me to talk to the girls and here's why. Like I, I, this is not the way things should be. This is, if we're sisters in Christ, then we shouldn't be treating one another like this. And I'm not perfect, but I just know that God's, like God wants to do, and she starts just kind of sharing her heart and the principal's in tears and the principal's going, I've been praying for you. Like I didn't know it was you, but I've been praying for you. And so to make a long story short, um, she goes and she uh, shares her heart not knowing, like thinking that the girls were going to just completely and totally reject her and rebel against her. And um, so here she is. She's got all the girls. Yeah, they're all gathered together. She's leading chapel. And that's not her thing. And so I told her, I said, okay, well, here's the thing. Like, after you get done, I want you to call me. Well, she never called. And then, like, time went by and she never called. And she, I'm like, this is bad. So I was like, I'm thinking, maybe I shouldn't call her because this could, like, I don't know what happened. Like, maybe she's curled up in a corner and, you know, they, like, just completely chewed her out. And, and so eventually I text her later that evening and she was sick. And she's like, I'm sorry, I've been asleep. And I said, well, how'd it go? And she said, well, they all cried and one girl got saved. And I'm like, huh? Like, that's what she texted me. I'm like, can you call me? Can we talk about this? You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Like you don't just one, you know, they all cried and one girl got saved. But they all were heartbroken because what she was saying, she was just sharing God's heart. It wasn't anything new. It was what God wanted for them. And through that, God saved a young lady. And there were multiple conversations. So here's my point. There's this stepping out, this obedience. Like, it's not just one day I'm gonna. It's God's doing awesome things in and through the students right now, and that's so very important. Um, you know, I tell the students all the time, anytime there's, anytime there's a, a catastrophe or anytime they're struggling or suffering, like that always presents just a great opportunity to show the grace and the mercy and the love of God and, and to, to do that through His people. Uh, Will came to me, um, this, was, this was a little while back, six, eight months ago, and uh, it was somebody he knew that had cancer, and he's like, I feel like we got to do something, and we did. And so we just said, okay, well, what we're going to do is we're just going to, because she couldn't work anymore, and her husband would uh, come to find out. Her husband, the very day, like we, we put it off and put it off and put it off. Uh, well, we didn't put it off and put it off, but we were trying to make sure that we had the, the right time, the right, we wanted to do it well. Let me just say that. So we didn't want to just show up and have, we wanted, to, we wanted her to, to feel and know the love and the grace of God. And so we, we are on our way over there to show her this love. And her husband had, had just left. He went overseas. She didn't think he was going to go. I mean, he literally, 10 minutes before we got there, he, 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 he left for overseas. She was a complete wreck. I mean, here she is with stage four cancer. Um, now her husband's gone, and God just drops us off at her doorstep at just the right time. And so, and, and you know, Will uh, texts me after we left there, and he's like, that was the most amazing thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm like, yes, he is. Yes, he is. And so all these different ways that God is just using the students to do great things, to do great things. All right, I'm going to... Just a couple, just a couple more things. Just a couple more things. Uh, one of the things uh, that I really feel like God is is desiring for us is, uh, you know, Victory Weekend is a great time. We have such a special time. God does amazing things uh, so often uh, at Victory Weekend. And one of the things God just impressed upon my heart, and then He impressed upon somebody else's heart, and, and then He's speaking in all these different ways. And finally, I'm like, okay, God, I, I get it. Like I, I understand what you're. <laughs> okay, I get it. And so I just felt like God was, God was wanting us to, 
to all these people, all these people that are far from God, all these people that are separated from God. Like there's this great thing that, that people will want to come. They'll want to be a part of. And so we challenged every student to bring one person to Victory Weekend. And I'm not talking your friend from another youth group. I'm talking about people that are far from God. People who, who don't, people that you care about, that you pray about, that, you know what I'm saying, that won't necessarily come to church, but they may come to this because, I mean, that's the balcony. You know what I'm saying? Like we're going to be right on the beach. And so one of the things that God's just revealed to me, like, and, and it's the same it's the same over there as it is right here. And I challenged the students at the beginning of this year. I said, I said, look around. Look around at all the empty seats. Because every one of these empty seats represents a life that's going to spend eternity somewhere. Every empty seat in, in this church right here represents a life that's going to spend eternity somewhere. And we should care about that. And let me just tell you, I... I as we were reading through Ephesians 2 and we talked about the reality of, of who we are apart from Christ. I mean, those who are far from God, I mean, you don't look at their Instagram or their Facebook and, and can tell that they're far from God. I mean, we put up this front, you know what I mean? Like they, everything looks good on the outside, but the reality is we hold Scripture up. When we look in the mirror of Scripture, we see clearly, clearly that apart from Christ, dead, dead. That's how God defines it. You're either dead or you're alive. There's no gray, there's no in-between. And so the students, let me just tell you, I had a, I had a student that was going to sign up on, uh, for Victory Weekend this morning. She was like, she kept flipping pages. She was like, goodness gracious, how many people are going to Victory Weekend? I'm like, amen. Like, that excites me. I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue what God's going to do. I don't know. But I'm just telling you, they're on board. And, and so, you know, for us, like, we, we should be on board. We should be reaching out we work with people we know people like and god cares about them and we try to convince ourselves just like their instagram or their facebook that, but the reality is, is if they don't know god they're dead in their sin the same way that we were dead in our sin and we had no hope and we had no help apart from christ and so what we've got to do is we've got to care enough to begin thinking okay here's the deal this is what we're going to do and look for creative ways um, to reach out to people and so one of the things that you can be doing for us is praying uh, for these students that are reaching out to their lost friends right now that uh, you can be praying for uh, the lost friends that are going to be coming to victory weekend i'm just praying god does a, does a fantastic thing and just moves in hearts and saves lives and um it's going to be it's going to be good so tonight we're going to close and actually that's what i'm going to have you i'm going to have you pray for so um lives is it's my prayer that our lives would be a source of grace and hope to those around us that we would that we would be grace agents as God has imparted his grace upon us, that we too would then extend grace to the people around us. Last one, uh, five, that we would shine the gospel to all people. Okay, so we're just, we're just building. We're just looking at scripture and we're just, we're just building. God's, God's seeking worshipers of all people. He is. And it's our desire to spread his fame among all the nations. And we want to join him in that movement. We want to be a part of what he's doing. You know, and so what's going on in Brazil? We want to we want to be a part of, of taking the name of Jesus to the places who've never heard of the name of Jesus. We, we want to be a people that are okay. We're living, uh, we're sharing the story of Jesus right where we are, but also we're taking the gospel to the to all places, to all corners, to all. And so, uh, you know, the the most familiar passage that talks about that is you know Jesus's last command when he says, "Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them." In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so that's why uh, I'm 
talking when Operation Christmas Child comes around. I'm talking to the students and encouraging them to be a part of that. That's why there was a bunch of them that gathered up and helped load 18 wheelers, you know, this past uh, time with OCC. There's a reason why we talk about uh, gospel for Asia and how we can give a gift of chickens that's going to be so much better. And so, you know, I have students that are like, you know what I want for Christmas, Mom? I want two chickens. Amen. You know what I mean? Because God cares about those people. And it's through chickens that the gospel goes forth, as crazy as that is, but it's true. And so that's one of the reasons why we started, um, you know, I felt like it was important that, you know, we go to camp. God does amazing things at camp. But I also felt like it was important, like we started taking a youth mission trip. And we started just kind of working through some things and talking through some things. And so, uh, and letting them serve in that capacity. And let me just tell you, uh, when, when we show up in South Dakota, the students get stretched. And, and it's not easy, and it's hard, and they love it, and I love it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, it's such a special time. It's, so, it, it's just fantastic, and to watch God use them. And, to, and, and then now, you know, before we came in here, there was a, a group of college and career students that uh, came up through our youth group that are going to be going to the Dominican Republic. And so they're going internationally. And so this idea that, that we care about others, that we care about something bigger than ourselves, And so, again, because God cares about them. And we want to give our lives to the things that God cares about. And so, you know, it's my desire that the students would have this uh, desire to go anywhere, anytime, at any cost, uh, to proclaim the gospel of Christ. And again, I, I promise you, I promise you that I could not do this alone. I could not do this without you. I could not do this without the unbelievable youth leaders that pour into these students week in and week out. And uh, I'm just the one who gets to stand up here tonight and just kind of share with you. And look, here's the deal. They're not perfect. We're not perfect. We're not perfect. But God's doing some great things. And I want you to know what God's doing. I don't, I don't want this to be, okay, you know, we've got all the adults over here and then the students are like, and here's, here's the, the truth is, is the students love you guys. And sometimes I feel kind of like the mediator. Because all the time I get questions from adults, how are the students doing? And I'm like, well, they're doing awesome. And I hear the students say, man, the, the adults here are so awesome. They're like, you know, they come out and support and they do all these things. And I'm like, well, you guys, you're, you're both right, but why are you talking to me? Like, if you want to know how the students are doing, they want to talk to you. You know what I mean? Like, they want to they talk to you. They want to be involved. They, in the same way, like, it, it, back, it, does that make sense? And so... Look, I love to tell you what's going on in the students' lives, but I'm just saying, like, they, as crazy as it is, you know, most teenagers kind of want to be in their own world, but they don't. They understand that they're part of this fellowship. They're part of this body. They know that you love them, and we're one together. Look, we're on the, we're on the same team. We're on the, we got the same mission. We're in the same battle. We're, we're together in this. And so the things that we're talking about tonight, and I, I guess I just want to close with that same thought and that same idea is this, is that um, God, God isn't just equipping them, and He is equipping them for their adulthood, but He's equipping them for today. And, and it's not generation future, it's generation now. And God's doing some great things. Let me tell you, we've got a great group of students, and I'm excited about what God has in store for this year. I, this, this past year has been, um, it's been very, very unique. It's been very unique. In the sense that God has brought great community that we haven't seen in a long time amongst the youth group. And he has grown them 
um, as a group, but he's grown them individually. I feel like he's been raising them up for, for something special. And, and so I just, I just want to invite you in and say, join us in what God's doing. Join us in what God's doing. And so tonight we're going to close with just a time of uh, uh, intercessory prayer. And my, my desire for you is that, um, that we together as a body, students, adults, we would, we would come and just and gather up here and we begin to pray now for Victory Weekend. We would pray that, that God would continue to use these teenagers in a great and mighty way. We pray for the students uh, that don't come to church here, that, that may be far from God, that will come to Victory Weekend and be exposed to the gospel, that their hearts will be soft and, and that they would respond and God would do great things and he would bring them here and they'd be part of this family and, and just unbelievable community. So tonight we're just going to, we're just going to pray. So I'm going to pray, and then the altar, uh, you guys can just come up to the altar, and then uh, after that, then is going to come up and close us out in prayer. Um, but I just invite you just to, to come and just spend some time praying for these students. They love you, and I thank you so very much for, for loving them and supporting them. All right, let's pray. God, thank you um, for this time. Lord, thank you for the unbelievable privilege we have to be called your children and then not only that that you call us into your service and um, God we just want to serve you well as Christ uh, as Christ prayed to you God that that he glorified you in his time here on earth Lord and that he accomplished all that you had given him to do I pray that that's that's our prayer that that's our cry God that we'd be able to say that we've glorified you that we've accomplished all that you've given us to do and so Lord help us to be kingdom minded God help us to to pursue you more than anything and anybody else, God, may that overflow into who we are and what we do and how we serve. And God, give us a heart for the lost. God, because you care for the lost. Thank you so very much for the unbelievable privilege that I have to minister into the lives of these students. God, help me. Help me.